This is Jake Brown, and I'm the credit manager for Egg Services. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Snow and rain expected from West Texas and Oklahoma across the Delta and through the eastern Midwest through Wednesday. World Weather Incorporated says 4 to 10 inches of snow will fall from southern Missouri and northern Arkansas all the way into Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. Northern Plains, uh, northern Midwest, uh, or for the northern Plains, the northern Midwest and Canadian prairies will see some off and on again waves of snow during the coming week, which will provide some cover for winter wheat, but moisture content in this snow expected to be light. The latest weather model forecast runs for South America are a little drier than yesterday for southern Brazil and Paraguay. The remainder of Brazil will see regular rounds of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks that will support crop development but will interrupt harvest at times. Regular rains are also expected to fall across Argentina over the next two weeks, improving crop and soil conditions for the later planted crops. Temperatures are expected to be in the mid and upper 80s to low 100s at times. The condition of Argentina's crop remains uncertain. AgMarket.net market analyst Jacob Burke says that uncertainty will lead to choppy market action. We're in a weather market here, whether it's uh, domestically here in the U.S. with the wheat market or if you're looking over in the, uh, the South American, uh, uh, mostly Argentina, southern Brazil forecast. Uh, they've been calling for some rain a, a lot last week. Uh, we get the rain. Uh, it's very, you know, very solid, very quality rains for them down there. Uh, the argument now is what, you know, what is actually uh, already lost, already gone, what was too dry. But does that create a, a choppy trade? Yeah, I think you're seeing pretty big moves, too. It's not, uh, it's not just a boring sideways trade. Burke says this market is going to be volatile. This is January. Uh, this is, this is uh, a market trying to figure out what's going on in South America. What are we doing with our export as, they switch, as we switch over more from a uh, bean exporter to a corn exporter. So there's a lot of things that, you know, news events that are going to change this thing. Uh, but yeah, back and forth uh, seems to be the pattern right now. Uh, the bean market tried to, you know, break through that uh, the upward trend that we've had, and then today we get right back above the trend. So that's a, that's a solid move today. The wheat market is finding buying interest following Monday's sell-off. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash says keep an eye on the wheat market. Uh, the wheat chart has been co um, coiling here. Uh, the pattern you know, has been pretty choppy as of late, but spreads and the future prices uh, are getting to a point. Um, it seems like we're, we're finding kind of a support level here. Uh, there could be an upside breakout on that wheat given the fund position heavily short. Cash expects soybeans to struggle as Brazil ramps up harvest. It's only going to pick up steam as we move along in the calendar here. So, um, you know, these type of rallies here from a producing producer standpoint, you know, we're back above 15 uh, for the time being here on March beans, and, uh, you know, that could be a pretty decent price, uh, you know, if get into March and that and this crop. We don't have any harvest issues uh, there in Brazil. We could be quite a bit lower there. Aberdeen livestock owner Kevin Larson is surprised by how big the feeder runs are. Last few years, it's turned back to what it was about 20 years ago. Our big pushes are right now. A lot of background of calves coming out of North Dakota, uh, eastern, uh, east of here of Aberdeen, and everywhere. A lot of uh, 
it is our harvest time of year, so big runs, uh, looking 3,500 to 5,500 head. That'll kind of last all the way through January through uh, through April here. So, yeah, a lot of cattle moving, you know. I kind of get done out west, and uh, it kind of moves this way. So, And uh, market-wise, uh thing is strong. I think it's really strong. Larson thinks prices for feeder calves should go higher, especially the lighter cattle, but weather will still play a large role for market trends. Some of these heavier cattle, I'm going to call a lot of these heavier cattle this week, uh, probably 3 to 5 to 6 $7 higher. But one thing is, if you're out there looking to market cattle, watch the weather in feedlot country. I mean, we've lost all our local feeders, not all of them, but a big part of them. A lot of these uh, are going to these big feedlots, and you got to remember you're not selling to your neighbor anymore. You're selling to corporations and, and big feedlots. And tell you what, when there's a weather pattern in that deal and they need to back those things up, it's going to happen. We're going to have some ups and downs. And you know what, when some of these guys pull these order back because of the weather, like that 20 inches of snow here the week before and things like that, that's just the way the world's going to work. At today's Northern Pulse Growers Association's annual conference, Northern Pulse Growers Director of Geopolitical Analysis, Jacob Shapiro, says wealth inequality is driving geopolitical changes globally. Over a five-year time horizon, I think we're in a true multipolar world where we can't call the shots, where there are a lot of different rivals that are out there from a geopolitical perspective. Every single one of those rivals, though, is going to have a really difficult next six to 12 months. Um, so I think what I don't want people to get is amnesia. I don't want them to forget the last three years, which really were kind of a, an echo of that multipolarity that I think is going to be more of. Shapiro says the short-term outlook for the U.S. is favorable. I don't want you to think that everything's gone back to normal. I don't want you to think that because the Chinese are saying nice things right now that they've fundamentally changed. I don't want you to think that because Turkey is distracted with its elections that it has fundamentally changed. On a five-year time horizon, we're looking at a much more competitive world with countries that don't want to be part of a U.S.-led trade system. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz will release his entire proposed one Minnesota budget this afternoon. According to the governor's office, this will include the largest agriculture budget in Minnesota history of over $100 million. It would invest $4 million towards soil health, fully fund agricultural growth, research and innovation programs at $35 million, and an investment in biofuel infrastructure of $56 million. USDA announced additional assistance for dairy producers, including a second round of payments through the Pandemic Market Volatility Assistance Program. Second round of payments will consist of nearly $100 million to close out the $350 million commitment under PMVAP. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota House Bill 1090 that would modify protections for agricultural operations from nuisance claims passed the House Ag Committee. Committee Chair Roger Chase says farmers need to have protections against these kinds of complaints. Agriculture smells, stinks, has dust. Uh, there's times that we live within it and we complain about the uh, odors and the smells that we have within our own operations and the dust that we create. I'll throw another one in there. How about combining late at night with the bright lights and trucks mm -hmm. and noise? People in urban areas don't understand the noise and the uh, impacts of what happens in rural South Dakota. And we need to make sure that we protect the producers that are out there working day in and day out. And so sometimes bright lights and noise and traffic and diesel smell at midnight, it's still going. Those producers need to do what they got to do to get everything done. 
Vice Chair Marty Overwig spoke in favor of the bill with the reminder that complaints and lawsuits can have huge impacts on farm operations. What we have to remember is when you're on the farm and agriculture is our number one industry in the state and, and a nuisance complaint that's fragile, you know, just, it can just change your whole lifestyle and how you make your living and how your family does. So this is an important bill to have. It's important protections. And that bill passed out of committee unanimously. Round two of the emergency relief program has been announced, but right now it's slated to run much differently than round one. Combest Cell and Associates' Tom Sell explains that this program is set to be distributed based on total farm income. Phase one went out finally in June of, of last year. It used crop insurance data. It just kind of made uh, additional payments for those suffering losses on top of that. ended up being amazingly smooth. Um, and at that time, there was a promise of phase two, and I think the working assumption was it would work the same way. It, was, it would just be for the more complicated calculations. Uh, what was announced last week is completely different. It's a, it's a sea change. So they're totally changing the, the methodology to a kind of a whole farm tax year-based revenue calculation where you have to have a 30% loss on your schedule F from one year to the next. And you know, there's a lot of issues with that. Sell says this would not pro provide as much of a benefit for more diversified farms, and while this is a less broad program, it would set a precedent going into the 2023 Farm Bill. The whole farm approach benefits a monoculture type of farm, less benefit for folks who are more diverse and who kind of put their eggs in multiple baskets that way. So that's realized in, say, the Federal Crop Insurance Program, Whole Farm Revenue Program, where actuarially your ratings are based on just how diverse you are totally not recognized in this program that just uh, pays based on if you show schedule F loss from one year to the next. So a lot of kind of oddities. We're asking a lot of questions. You know, not a lot of people are still affected by this phase two, so it's not the most widespread issue. But we think it's important because this is kind of a precedent as we go into this farm bill debate in 2023. Cell encourages producers to reach out to their congressional leaders with any concerns. South Dakota Congressman Dusty Johnson has been named to the Select Committee on China. Johnson has been critical of China's purchase of U.S. farmland and its role in the supply chain headache. Basis bids at the six regional grain elevators followed by the Red River Farm Network have widened slightly at a few locations. Spring wheat basis bids range from 5 to 55 cents under the Minneapolis March Futures contract. Corn basis widened by 5 cents at Eulen and Warren, Minnesota. Corn basis for January and February delivery is 30 to 35 cents under the March Futures contract. You're listening to the Red Soybean basis widened by 15 cents at Ulan, by 10 cents at Warren, and by 3 cents at Grebner, South Dakota. New Salem, North Dakota is quoting new crop only. Minot, North Dakota, soybean basis improved 5 cents to 65 under the March. Soybean basis ranges from 18 to 65 cents under the March futures contract. I... Uh... IHS Market, formerly known as Informa Economics, lowered their 2023 U.S. corn acreage estimate to 90.5 million acres from their previous estimate of 93 million. That would be nearly 2 million acres more than last year, however. IHS Market says U.S. farmers will plant 88 million acres of soybeans. That's down from their previous estimate of 88.5 million acres, about a half million more than last year. And the uh, analytical firm expects spring wheat acres to come in at 11.2 million acres. This is the Red River Farm Network. 
Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. NDSU hosted a Getting It Right in Corn Production webinar this morning. North Dakota Corn, Corn Council Communications Director Heidi Haugo says corn acres in North Dakota has grown by over 2 million acres. So in the 2022 crop year, we had approximately a $2 billion value of corn production in North Dakota. Um, that was about 2.7 million acres harvested. And like I said, that's 131 bushels per acre average yield at $6 per bushel. Um, we also just completed with NDSU an updated economic contribution analysis. So we have numbers from 20, 2022 that looked at uh, a three-year average of 2018 to 2020 that showed that the corn industry in North Dakota has a $6.1 billion economic impact to this state. Ethanol growth is spurring corn acre expansion. Um, ethanol, of course, is also one of the main uses of corn in the U.S. Um, so here's just a little brief overview of some of the impact that ethanol has uh, in North Dakota. We have five plants here um, and about 170 million bushels of corn are processed annually. 40 to 60 percent of North Dakota corn uh, or corn grown in the state is used to make ethanol in the state of North Dakota at one of those five plants. So that is also a huge economic driver for our state. A bill to allow non-family corporations to own livestock operations will be heard in the North Dakota legislature on Friday. House Ag Committee Chairman Paul Thomas is carrying the bill and it will be heard for the first time in his committee. With the expansion of soybean crush businesses in the state, lawmakers are considering a change in the corporate farming law to attract swine, poultry, dairy, and aquaculture operations. Checking markets before you leave you this afternoon. We're seeing wheat in Minneapolis up 15 cents, 15 and three quarter higher on the March contract at 903 and a half. July up 12 and three quarter at 891 and three quarters. Chicago March wheat's up 14 and three quarters. Kansas City March wheat's up 16 and three quarters. March corn is uh, trading 10 and three quarter cents higher now at 677. New crop December four and three quarter cents higher, 590 and three quarters. The March soybeans are down a half penny at 1489 and three quarters. New crop November down a quarter penny, 1339 and a quarter. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.